0: Merry
1: Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight with. Let's go. All aboard and Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. The Christmas, Christmas edition Christmas of the Always B-Bucked podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out and tuning in. You are listening to the sounds of the Ramones. I've been listening to the Ramones since I was very, very young. I kind of got away from them for, well, let's just call it a couple of decades, but I always think of the Ramones this time of year because this is one of my favorite Christmas songs out there. And what I'm also going to do is make sure that by the end of this show, what we're going to do, a little mini segment of my favorite contemporary-ish Christmas songs. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever everybody celebrates out there. New Year's coming around just around the corner too, we're talking about the uh, new year's resolutions we don't really touch on that much this show but we are going to do that next week uh as usual top of the show please instagram always be booked the always be booked facebook group the cruisers lounge always be booked cruisers lounge on facebook it's a closed group so all you have to do is try to join uh get right in there and we will let you right in uh Something that's cool, I think. I'm not sure if it's cool or not. I got an email from my podcasting host company that said congratulations. And uh, how many of you have gotten an email that said congratulations and you were just a little skeptical about it? But I don't know. Maybe it's cool. Maybe it isn't. But they told me that I was one of a few select. (laughs) This is where you laugh because you know pretty much when they say that. Probably everybody got it or most people got it. But I was uh, uh, selected. I had the honor of being selected uh, from our host company to be put onto uh, Spotify. Spotify opens itself up to podcasts. Uh, Supposedly, the hosting company that I worked with put uh, my podcast, this podcast, your podcast, the Always Be Both Cruise Cast show, onto Spotify. So, we're on Spotify now, if you guys want to check that out. What that means, I absolutely have no idea. I like Spotify. I am a Spotify user, but... I don't necessarily go there for my podcasts. Maybe that will all change. Uh, Please, as usual, share the show with a friend who likes cruising, who likes travel. Email me, ladies and gentlemen, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I think the topic of the show today is going to generate a good amount of emails because it is one of the most, I guess, uh, what would you call it? it? It's very polarizing. It's a polarizing topic about whether you like big ships or whether you like little ships, whether you like the newest and best largest mega ships that the industry has to offer, or are you a traditionalist and you like your smaller ships, your traditional dining, your traditional routine, and uh, your traditional cheap pricing on most of those cruises. Uh, But we will get into that in just a few. I wanted to mention a couple of things at the top of the show a few podcasts ago What was it last? I don't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about, oh yeah, the 10, uh, whatever number it was, ways to have the perfect cruise. And I mentioned a thing called We Did the Things, and that was from a movie. One of the weirdest things, one of the most coincidental things I've experienced that's related to this business is I have one of my favorite podcasts out there. Uh, is and i'm not recommending this podcast for everybody because it is absolutely filthy it just cracks me up the guy reminds me of somebody that you know like an uncle or something from from home from from the new york area and you just kind of know this guy you listen to him talking on this podcast you do feel like you know him if you're from this area cuz we all had an uncle like this uh his name is joey diaz some of you may know him if you do if you do not have thin skin i definitely recommend it if you're uh thick skin and a little more on the conservative side It may not be for you, but he's got a podcast called The Church of What's Happening Now. And a few weeks ago, I did a podcast and I mentioned to you guys, uh, you know, just make sure you leave it all out on the field and make sure you get the most out of your crews. And I kind of related that to a movie, a very little known movie in the grand scheme of Hollywood called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. And what I did was I wanted to kind of, I guess, portray that sentiment to you through that podcast uh, through that movie. And I wanted to play a scene for you guys. And I put it on the uh, Cruisers Lounge Facebook uh, group page. And it was uh, where they said we did the things. You know what I mean? It's about living life with no regrets, making sure you, you know, enjoy it every minute and you're not taking anything to the grave and feeling like you didn't really get the most out of life. And it was just a a, a kind of a, a good sentiment, like I said. And the movie itself, I kind of threw a you know a little uh, a recommend out there for the movie, even though most people haven't heard of it. It's weird because it has this all star cast. Anyway, I'm listening to my buddy, my my buddy, my boy Joey Diaz, his podcast, which I love, and he did an episode of just movies that you have to see for the holidays. Now, it wasn't necessarily Christmas movies or holiday themed movies, but movies if you have some free time. Uh, some can't-miss sleeper movies that you should definitely watch for the holidays. And it was just a huge coincidence because he listed things to do in Denver when you're dead, the movie I mentioned, as one of his uh, favorite sleeper movies as well. I learned a little bit about it when they were talking about it. I was just kind of bugging out because of the fact that I had just mentioned it on my podcast uh, a, a few weeks ago. And, you know, nobody's apparently very few people have seen this movie for the amount of, all star cast it has Andy Garcia, Christopher Walken, uh, the guy from the Sopranos, Steve Buscemi, uh, the guy from Taxi, and the guy who played uh, Jim in Taxi, and the guy who played, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, Doc from Back to the Future, whatever his name is. But the movie is just a, a very soulful movie. What I learned was that the reason a lot of the reason it didn't do well is because the era that it came out in. The first movie of that whole group was like. Um, Uh, Pulp Fiction and what happened was a bunch of movies after that tried to basically rip off Pulp Fiction and do like a broke ass version of Pulp Fiction and uh, that kind of movie was a little bit in the same vein so it didn't get a lot of credit and if it was released on Friday it might have been pulled out of the theaters. By Tuesday. So nobody really was into it, but it did develop a little bit of a cult following when it got released to DVD and electronically and this and that. So, um, things to do in Denver when you're dead. And what's crazy, I put the clip on about when he says, We did the things. Now, they're all, they got hits out on them. They're in, their lives are in danger. They're supposed to be running for their lives. But the one guy says, I'm not going anywhere. I lived a good life. I did the things. I'm staying here. And uh, ironically, Joey Diaz mentioned the same movie and played the exact same clip on his show, which I thought was kind of weird. So a little backup if you guys didn't listen to me on the last one uh, regarding things to do in Denver when you're dead. Now, like I said, the podcast is absolutely adults. The way this guy, there's a, a portable bidet called Tushy. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's bidets are back. That's kind of like their motto. It's like a portable bidet. You can strap it to your own toilet or whatever. And the way he does live on air reads about this bidet I don't know, I, he does it differently every time. There's really no way to describe this guy, but I normally don't recommend a whole lot of other podcasts considering, you know, you only have so many times and time in the day to listen to podcasts and uh, ideally mine won't slip off that list of yours, but uh, check out Joey Diaz. It's usually right at the beginning of the day when you hear him say, but days are back, bitches. When he starts to hear that, just tune in and just, you'll you'll probably, uh you know, if you're not thin-skinned, like I say, you will probably belly laugh at this. All right, anyway. That's pretty much it. Um, let's get into some cruise and news. it's the holiday season, ladies and gentlemen, and North America got a brand new present from overseas. That's right, the MSC Seaside. Uh, yeah, one of the most anticipated new builds to hit the scene in years has arrived in Miami, and the naming ceremony took place on Thursday, the 21st, uh, to commemorate the event. MSC threw one hell of a party. Mario Lopez, you guys know him? You may remember him from the uh, hit 90s series, Saved by the Bell. Did you guys know that I actually know Mr. Belding? Uh, his name is Dennis Haskins. He played Mr. Belding, who was the principal on that show, Saved by the Bell. Uh, yeah, his number's in my phone uh, under Do Not Answer. <laughs> we hired him like a couple of times to host a couple of events at our bars, and uh he he's he's relentless he called continuously to try to get me to come back hire him for more gigs i mean i'm not gonna lie he's a very very nice guy and i feel i'm i'm shitting on him a little but he's actually a, a good guy um but yeah he's very very persistent i guess there's not too much action in hollywood for uh mr belding so he's he wants to make money with personal appearances and you know what it's crazy because these kids they still come out for him um other A-listers who I have come in contact with over the years through my job and who I've thrown parties with are uh, legends like Vanilla Ice, uh, Sammy and Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. Actually, Hulk Hogan, I bumped into him a couple times, and he, you know, did a party at my place in Pittsburgh. Uh, Vern Troyer, who you might also know as uh, Mini Me from the Austin Powers fame, uh, the main chick from that group with the that was popular. What was it? For like three and a half minutes. Uh, Danity Kane, remember Danity Kane? I think P. Diddy on his show made uh, the group, he, he, he compiled that group together on the show and then they actually had a couple of hits. Uh, you ever see that viral YouTube video, the My New Haircut guy, the guy who yells Jager bombs, Jager bombs, uh, that kid, yeah, he <laughs> me and him hung out for an entire night and that was interesting. He's really not like that at all, well I guess that goes without saying, who could possibly be like that, but he's really like a blonde haired, lacrosse, preppy kid. Who just is completely playing a character, and uh, did uh what else? Who else did I mention Vanilla Ice? <laughs> Ow, let me uh let me ice down my toes from all this name dropping. Anyway, so Mario Lopez hosted the event, and the godmother was the very very beautiful Sophia Loren. I mean, uh, clearly she's a sen- senior citizen now, but back in the day, that was you know, and I'm not you know, Mister Old Hollywood. I don't know you know, but. Sophia Loren was a knockout back in the day, and she's the godmother of the MSC Seaside. They did a really good job, I think, of mixing the celebrity appearances up and mixing up the performances between Miami legends and, you know, pretty much European icons, because again, they're in Miami, and it is a European company. Uh, they had Andrea Bocelli. Uh, he performed, so did Ricky Martin, and uh, They had a very special guest appearance that was made by Miami legend Dolphin quarterback Dan Marino. And a side note, the Miami Dolphins have been named the official football team of the MSC Seaside. Does anybody know what that means? I don't know. Is it important for a cruise ship to have its own official football team? When does this come into play? Is there, is like a game going to break out between them and uh, Norwegian or something at any time? And they got the Dolphins. If they have the Dolphins, they're in a little trouble. But over the years, the Dolphins, I don't know. They've, uh, I don't know, very storied franchise with a rich history. They're the, again, still to this day, the only team to go 14-0, and to go completely undefeated throughout the whole year. got a Super Bowl and they just never have been able to put a championship together since. It's like the Jets, right? Anyway, uh, as always, when we talk about big events like this, we do have a quote from someone very, very important. This time, it's MSC Cruises Executive Chairman, uh, Pierre Francesco Vago. And I quote, MSC Seaside's naming embodies a pivotal moment for MSC Cruises and the industry overall. She is the first ship of the fifth new prototype that we have developed since we entered the industry in only 2003, and she introduces a wholly innovative concept that is has already set a new standard for the industry to follow. The distinctive and unique seaside class is designed to bring guests closer to the sea to enjoy cruising in a warm weather whilst, whilst pushing the boundaries of maritime and guest-centric technology. The way... Only a cruise line with over 300 years in marine tradition could have done. And 300 years, of course, they said since 2003, but then they go to say 300 years because MSC uh, stands, it used to be, uh, it stands for Mediterranean Shipping Company. It is just a huge uh, shipping container company that has been around forever and semi recently has gotten involved in cruising and uh, apparently in a big way. All right, moving on. Now, this is a story I could definitely get behind, no pun intended. The lovely Shakira, one of my all-time favorites, is now being featured in a new ad campaign for Costa Cruises. Uh, Several versions of the commercial will be filmed to accommodate the different forms of media uh, from time purposes or whatever. There's not much else to the story, really, other than to say that the commercial will film her staring out of a porthole window... ...on a ship, and she'll be sort of reflecting on emotions that make her happy, Uh, just like kind of checking out the sea while she does that. No word as to whether or not she'll be shot or close or wide angle, but um, I know which angle I'd prefer. Uh, There are so many places you can go with this with Shakira, but I think they kind of left it alone. I personally think they're ignoring a few good ones. Have you ever seen her move? (laughs) Her, her, i mean her booty shake should immediately replace the wobble as the official dance on all cruise deck parties uh her first song right whenever wherever that was the name of her first single it's kind of like a great metaphor for the adventures that cruising can sometimes bring right they should use that i don't know what else ships don't lie <laughs> just some ideas what do you guys think all right, let's talk business. Carnival finished up the year very strong and is apparently projecting big things for 2018 as well. Uh, they closed out 2017 with an adjusted earnings at $3.80 billion, but as if that wasn't good enough, they expect 2018 to jump up to anywhere between $4 billion and $4.3 billion as well. Uh, not too shabby for a cruise line that still has uh, most of its fleet built in a different century. No, I don't know if that's true or not. It might be. I don't know what the numbers are. I know there's a lot of fantasy class ships that were built pre-2000, but um, I'll do that exercise after I record this and find out. Apparently, Wall Street loved this because right after this announcement, Carnival's stock price went up 2% to $67.95 per share. Carnival CFO uh, David Bernstein broke it down by market. Interestingly enough, he said that demand for the Caribbean was down overall, but they made money on charging higher prices. So if you take it region by region, the Caribbean down in occupancy, which I guess you can kind of relate to demand, uh what they did was just charge higher prices. So they did better anyway. Congratulations cruisers. We get to pay more for something that is uh in less demand. The reverse is true for Alaska. There were lower prices, uh so they didn't get as much money per person for uh the Alaska market, but there was higher occupancy across the board and the Mediterranean was higher on both areas, so uh, on occupancy and pricing, they that was a win-win. So as a result, Carnival is doing its thing, as they used to say in the streets back in 1997. Uh, Donald also says that his primary focus will be, get ready for this, growing revenue, what a visionary, and also to retire old ships if necessary, yeah, <laughs> I'm a little, uh, I believe that when I see it. You guys know I'm a little sarcastic when I do this show, and really it's out of love because... We do know how I feel about Carnival and cruising as a whole. I love Carnival Cruise Line, but is Carnival really good at retiring the old ships? Uh maybe when you did a drop down comparison they are, but by the amount of fantasy class ships that are still in the mix, it doesn't really seem that way to the naked eye, does it? All right, let's move on. Let's uh jeez, <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's paint a picture here, ladies and gentlemen. You're with the wife, you're with the kids. And you're on the Carnival Fantasy, you're out of Mobile, Alabama, and you're all pumped up to your visit to Mexico and the Western Caribbean. You know, you hit the open waters, life is good. The kids are in the Splash Academy, you get to have some quality, well-deserved time, maybe a roll in the hay with the spouse. And uh, you know what they say, there's no sex like cruise ship sex, right? Uh, Well, so you wake up the next day and the husband gets an allergy attack out of nowhere. Sneezing, teary eyes, I mean, you're not going to freak out. You know, guys. Have, guys got allergies. It happened before, so you calmly go about what you normally do. You uh, pop some over the uh, over the counter meds, and uh, you know you make sure the room is clean. You then grab your disinfectant wipes and you start cleaning those hard to reach areas. You wipe behind the bed. Uh, you go in the closets, and then you go to clean behind the TV. And then what do you find? a state-of-the-art hidden camera mounted to the TV and pointed directly at where all the magic happens. This is not the kind of carnival fantasy you and your family were looking for, was it? So, understandably, the family was not wanting to be named for this and they are demanding answers from the cruise line, but uh, this time they just doesn't appear to be any there's a camera in the room pointed directly at the bed and it's uh on day two or three they found this and uh this cruise line has no idea where this came from i don't know what it i don't know what the deal was it kind of says something to you either the cruise line is a bunch of creeps which it probably isn't and what probably happened was is that the couple before that was in that room put it there but it also shows you that carnival did not do a good job of uh cleaning behind the tv (laughs) This this reminds me of a Netflix documentary that uh, recently came out. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's called The Voyeur. I mean, this is some real creepy shit, but it's about this guy who calls himself The Voyeur. And he literally bought a motel for the sole purpose of being able to, what he called, observe his guests through the ceiling vents by way of a catwalk. This guy created this secret entrance up, put a ladder behind a file cabinet through the office of the motel and then that gained him access to like the root the attic sort of area and uh it gave him the ability to walk across a catwalk and go from room to room, look into the vents and see some very, very uh whatever he saw. And his wife was like down for this and everything. He would sit up there for like hours through the night and he just called listen, I gotta go observe. It's what I gotta do. She <laughs> He's the voyeur, and he's got to go observe. And his wife was so down for the cause that she would make him sandwiches. Oh, he must be exhausted up there observing and being a creep for hours and hours. Let me go bring him some milk and some cookies and maybe a sandwich or whatever. Um, I don't know. Well, anyway, there was a story done on him by a very, very famous New York reporter. Well, very, very famous. A, a, a well-known, uh, with some real good credentials, a New York A reporter for the New Yorker magazine. Uh, The documentary, see, it's like a very creepy subject matter, but it's just really, really well done. It kind of focuses on the relationship between the voyeur and the reporter, whether this guy is a credible member of society or whether he's just an out and out creep, which I mean, I kind of know where I'm leaning on that. But uh, like I said, it's creepy as hell, but very, very compelling. I'm a documentary fan of you guys. I don't know. Sort of interesting to me when a documentary is done well. You know what I mean? It's almost like the subject could be anything as long as they do a good job. If A good documentary filmmaker can make any subject interesting, just like the opposite is true as well. A great, very, very interesting subject. I've turned it off just because the person couldn't put a a good, decent documentary together. It's weird. All right, so that is the news for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the main topic of the show All right, so this topic was inspired by my last cruise we were on. I uh, told you about the people we met, and we had a great time with a group of people. Shout out to them. Happy holidays to all the uh, the cruise buddies we met on the previous cruise we were just on, which is the Norwegian Escape. And, um One of them, I remember over dinner, we were talking about cruising in general and cruise ships because by this time it was day four or five, maybe even six or whatever. And they had gotten, you know, the gist of the fact that I do do a podcast and and this and that, and they were a little kind of fascinated by that. And we got into a little bit of a debate, and they were telling me that uh, the Escape was the greatest ship in the world. They loved it. It was the best one they had been on, and uh, they were relatively new cruisers, but – they were on the Splendor. And you guys know I love the Carnival Splendor, but they were absolutely shitting on the Splendor, saying it was a tiny little ship, it was small, there was nothing compared to the Escape in terms of amenities and things to do. And uh, first of all, it was kind of ironic that he was talking about the Splendor as a tiny ship because by the industry standards and across the board, it's definitely, definitely on the larger side. But that's not the point. The point I was really having trouble to make to him was the fact that some people not only tolerate smaller ships because that's all they can get on right now for pricing for convenience or whatever but many people actually prefer them and he just was dumbfounded by that he was like i don't understand what you talk why would anybody prefer you know a smaller ship over this ship that we're on right now and me, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, being a New Yorker, being a city guy, whatever you want to say, I, I, I do lean towards the bigger ships as well. I love all the bells and whistles and this and that. But the truth is, there are many things about smaller ships that I do love and prefer over larger ships. Like I said, sounds contradictory. If you got a gun to my head, I'm going large ship. But I do like a lot of things about larger ships. And in this episode, what I wanted to do was compare and contrast some of the advantages to both types of ships and maybe provoke some thought uh, that might either help you decide which route you want to go large ship or smaller ship or maybe even if you think you have yourself you know know, your mind is made up maybe this might convince you to develop an appreciation for a size that's contrary to your normal choice and uh, may inspire you to maybe give it a shot all right big versus small On a big ship, there's just simply more to explore. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But um, if you're on an extended trip needing seven or more days and you're going to spend a lot of time on your ship, you might think it's cool that on day five you're still discovering things about the ship that you hadn't even seen yet. Uh, While I made it a point to check everything out on the Oasis of the Seas and Norwegian Escape, I got to everything. I laid my eyes upon all the things it had to offer. There was really no way. When you talk about really experiencing the ship and experience all that it has to offer, there was no way for us to do that in just one sailing. So if you like experiencing new things deep into your cruise, that's a check in the box of a big ship for you. Uh, Contrary to that, and again, guys... The, the the there's no right or wrong here but i'm just trying to Get it out there to the you know let you guys understand what you're if you already know the differences and some of the things that you may or may not have thought of regarding choosing between a large and a small ship. So contrary to that, for many reasons, people like to keep it simple. Uh, they like that they know the ship back back in front. They can identify the areas of the ship like the back of their hand after their day one walkthrough. Whether it's just people who are fans of simplicity, people who don't want to be made to choose, or even people with disabilities, having a ship that is easily navigable, uh, where they can easily find and get to their favorite places simply is a huge, huge selling point for many, many people. Um, All right, let's talk interaction. On a small ship, you're almost forced to interact with other cruisers with, uh, you know, smaller common areas. There are fewer options and it's far more likely that whether you want to or not, you're going to be engaging with your fellow cruisers. You know, it's almost it's, it's not really avoidable. Many times because of logistics, many times because you just, you know, whatever, lack of other options from a things-to-do standpoint. And again, that may sound like a negative, but to some people... Some people prefer it. They don't want all this stuff coming at them every two seconds. It's perfectly fine. Like I said, preferred actually. On the other hand, if you're with a group, if you're with a group that simply just wants to be with with each other, they have zero desire to interact with anyone else, anyone other than who they're sailing with, then you may want to hop on board a large ship. In this case, you can go about your cruise with your friends, your family that you boarded with, and any interaction with the guests that are not with your group, is totally at your preference, especially in the case of the mega ships. When you're on board a ship with four plus thousand passengers, there are many, many, many people that you won't see twice all week. Now, If you choose to mix and mingle with those other guests, that option is always there. You know, you get a couple in you, you're feeling a little froggy. You know what? Let's reach out. Let's make some friends. You can do that. But in the case of the larger ships, it's more likely that you'll have to be proactive as opposed to, you know, letting the action come to you. It's not going to be an organic thing where... Everybody's kind of communal. That happens on the smaller ships. All right, we're going to move on to pricing and flexibility. On this show, we know we give a hard time to Carnival for it's still having like 12 ships in the fantasy class. And I still believe the company should do better by their guests and focus more on having new builds every year than continuously trying to refurb their old ships. But the people who love the smaller ships, which, let's face it, are usually older ships, more often than not, To this point, uh, the bills have been generally bigger, so they're not really building a bunch of ships out of the gate brand new that are small. They're trying to outdo each other. So when you take a small ship, it's likely you're taking a cruise on an older ship, and that offers you pricing that is typically significantly better than that of the larger ships. Another advantage to a smaller or older ship is that they are spread way out across the country and uh, they give the smaller markets the ability to offer cruises. So you might live in Birmingham, Alabama, let's say, and uh, you always wanted to try cruising. You no longer have to, you know, save up a bunch of money for the whole family to be able to fly to Miami or Orlando and get on the biggest, baddest mega ship to see if cruising is for you. You can just hop in the car drive a couple of hours down to Mobile, Alabama, and take a carnival cruise to Mexico. Other small markets that are uh, I guess this is an advantage too is places like Tampa, Jacksonville, Baltimore, uh, even South Carolina, and if you don't have a hell of a lot of time off, you can often go on a two- to five-day cruise on one of those smaller ships as well. Uh, this is not something something that uh, large ships typically offer. Now, in terms of flexibility, here's an advantage to a big ship. Uh, when you're sailing on the Carnival Vista class or Royal Caribbean's Oasis class or many others, you aren't as typically concerned with the itinerary since it's such a huge ship uh it's very difficult to see that entire ship in one sailing. So you're more apt to not have a huge desire to be so concerned with where it's going. And you'll notice that too. Not always, but a lot of times the, uh, you know, the cruise lines will, I don't know the, the itineraries for the big mega ships will sometimes be lackluster. I think for a bunch of reasons, I think also one of them is just because they want you to stay on the ship, experience everything. And, you know, clearly spend the money on the ship. Um, If you are on the Norwegian Bliss, let's say, and you're stopping in Ensenada, it's likely that nothing in Ensenada will be as interesting or as fun or as like can't miss stuff than it will be on the cruise ship itself. So, you know, when you're on a bigger ship, you can save some money and be a little bit more flexible by not having to make sure you're hitting them up, hitting up the most pristine and perfect destinations. Um, All right. So, what we should get into now in terms of comparing large and small ships is the dining in general. Now on big ships, it's clear that the recent trend is to load up the ship with all sorts of unique and delicious dining options. Many of them are partnerships with already well-known land-based brands. To me, this can go in both directions. Uh, While it's impossible to argue with the fact that more choices is better, typically, the problem can be at what cost. An example of this that does work is Guy's Burger. It's weird because we have a Guy's Burger in New York City, and I was here, I don't know what it is, five, seven years ago, something like that, when it first opened up. And, man, this place got torched. It was notorious. People wrote articles about how bad the reviews were. So you had the reviews, and then they were like, it was a topic of discussion how bad I think it was the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken, trashed Guy's Burger in Times Square, New York. Uh, apparently, they went back to the drawing board and they fixed their uh, fixed their burger and, and, and it's much better now. But um, Guy Fieri has found a home on Carnival Cruise Lines and has recently even added a barbecue joint uh on some of the newer ships to complement delicious poolside burgers that you get for free on most of those ships. Now to me this is a winner. It's an example of how this can work uh in a positive way where everybody's happy. Guy gets his publicity, he gets his check from Carnival. Carnival gets to offer something that's delicious with a name brand at a decent price and of course we win because we get delicious cheeseburgers. Uh, you know, poolside unlimited for free. On our Carnival Cruise. Uh, An example of how this can work in a negative way is with many concepts that are not free, uh, where the same exact quality of product could be delivered by the talented menu designers that are on the cruise line. But because they want to attach some famous person's name to it, uh, Jose Garces, uh, you have to pay extra. Now, the cruise line has to find a way to cover the cost of using a celebrity chef's name, right? In many, many ways, especially if it's a lot of ingredients that are, you know, next level or some real, um, I guess, forward, creative forward food. So guess who the cost is passing along to? And um, of course, if money is not an issue, you can't lose. If it doesn't matter what you can spend on these cruise ships, uh, because at this point, there's almost every type of cuisine imaginable. It's seen at this now. Um, but and if you have the cash to pay it. Then it's right there at your disposal and you you don't worry. But when you talk about some of these small tapas places and stuff like that, you're really getting a, uh, you have to pay for it and I get, you know, sometimes you have to pay for things but... You know, at least give me a decent portion. One area where you do pay, and I think it does work out, is the Margaritaville concept. Uh, you know, you do have to pay a little bit of an a la carte price, but at the same time, you're getting, you're, they're filling you up and they're giving you a really good product too. Some real good tropical food, some Key West fish, some conch fritters. And I, I think the that's a good, happy medium. So you got a great example. You know that's free. You have an example in the Jose Garces that I don't necessarily think is uh, of high value to the guest, and then you have a mid-range where you have to pay, but I think you get good value in the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at Sea, which is on a uh, the Norwegian, you know, the new Norwegian Breakaway Plus ships. Now, um, a tradition in old school cruising is dining at tables with multiple guests that you don't know. I admit that I absolutely love this concept. Most cruisers, most new age cruisers don't. On a small ship, there is likely, you know, to to be very few or even no specialty restaurants on board, and the main dining room is your only choice. Uh, Many people cruise for the purpose of the dinner interaction, the formal night, and you get to see some of those same faces, whether it's the couple or group you're beside, or the friendly server that you can count on who's gonna know your preferences by the second night. While many new age cruisers can't stand this concept, I kind of like a mix. I like to indulge in specialty restaurants, and I'd like to see the newest things that these cruise ships have to offer, but at the same time, I like to see those friendly, familiar faces you see consistently at every dinner in the same place at the same time. I don't know why. I think it's just like an example of something that cruising offers, and it's a thing that's unique to cruising that you really just don't get on any other type of vacation. And Call Me Cheesy, well, you don't really have to Call Me Cheesy because we, we already kind of found that out 57 episodes in, but... I like the amateurish singing and dancing shows that the service staff puts on in the main dining room. You know when they, uh, when they get you know, they, they, whatever. What does Carnival do? They do uh, hey, ba- uh, no that and Norwegian does hey baby, I want to know if you'd be my girl. Carnival does um, apple bottom jeans boots. I think they switch it up every every so often. But uh, and on the last night leaving on a fun ship, I know that's a little cheesy, but um, Carnival does it the best. They have you know. They've introduced modern top 40 songs and they put the costumes on and I just think it's a nice little touch. I don't know. I get into it on land. I probably wouldn't as much if I was just at the local restaurant and the service started donning like these uh, winged uh, arm out outfits and costumes and started dancing on platforms and stuff like that. I probably would uh, think it's a little weird. But, you know, in this case, I'm at sea. I'm on vacation. I'm likely drunk. Uh, I'll clap my hands when they you know, when they when they come around and they start singing. I'll wave the napkin. I cheer them on all night. What do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked. dot com. Let me know how you feel about the. Uh, and we're gonna call them amateurs because these are not professionals. They're doing their best. They do a little dance, simple dance routine that they that's choreographed that you know most people can do. They sing a little bit when everybody's singing together. Nobody really sounds bad, right? What do you guys think of that? Do you guys like that? Do you think it's cheesy? I mean, well, let's let's say it's cheesy. We. We don't really have to pull that out. It is cheesy. But still, do you guys like it? I do. Let me know. Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com All right, let's talk entertainment, activities, and fun in general. Um, It's kind of funny because we call these cruise ships floating cities. And in so many ways, it's true. Let's do a little bit of a real-life analogy, and let's take the Super Bowl, for example. Can I say Super Bowl? I think... Doesn't the NFL have like an army of people out there that tax you if you even mention the word Super Bowl anywhere? Most media outlets and, uh, you know, whatever entertainment areas and organizations, you uh, they get away with it by using the phrase the big game, right? As if, you know, that means Super Bowl, the big game. If you hear the big game around January, just, you know, you know they're talking about the Super Bowl. It's funny how hardcore profit-driven the NFL is. I've, uh... <laughs> On this podcast, I've illegally used Zach Brown in my show open for every single episode for about a year straight. I haven't heard a thing, but I'm, you know, saying the word Super Bowl five minutes ago, I'm expecting a knock at my door right now with some NFL hitman uh, for using the word Super Bowl. But uh, getting back to my point, when the Super Bowl comes to most cities in this country, it absolutely takes over the town for an entire week. Everything else completely stops. The whole NFL experience is what matters all the media events surrounding the game all week they're all usually the center of attention the same is often true for like major headlining musical acts uh, sometimes the circus and some other events when they come to certain cities most cities across the country when they come there for their once or twice a year gig or whatever in the main you know whatever arena most people are making plans to get there you know what I mean you're on the phone with your buddies you're asking which night you're gonna go not Basically, whether or not you're going to attend. When these things happen in New York City, it really is just like any other event. When I lived in Pittsburgh and Lady Gaga, or let's just say Garth Brooks, came to town, uh, everyone knew about it, and everyone was making deals for tickets. I'm not going to say everyone went, but everybody thought about going. It was the talk of the town. Britney Spears comes to town. Everybody's talking about it. Uh oh, Britney's in town. Which night are you going? Um... Do you know how many times Lady Gaga has come and gone through New York City and I never even knew she was here performing? I mean, there's just too much going on in this city for you to even be, you know, know that's going on. Unless you're like a hardcore locked-in fan. Um, I heard the NFL hated doing the Super Bowl in New York City because while it was a huge event, if you were two avenues away, you wouldn't even know they were there. And they want, they like the fact that there's, you know, traffic is stopping and the whole city is stopping because it's the Super Bowl. They like to, you know, kind of, you know, flex their muscle a little bit in the towns that they go to. That analogy is like the main production show. If you were on the Royal Caribbean Enchantment of the Seas, or let's just say the Carnival Fascination, or the Norwegian Sky, it's like the small town. It's like, you know, when that juggling comedian hits the main theater, everyone's going. It's just a matter of whether you're catching the 7 p.m. show or the 930 show. So to me, it, the advantage is that you're literally all on the same boat, and that's a you know a phrase, but it's kind of true in this area, and no pun intended. There is more of a small town sense of community, a sense that everyone is kind of in the same page on the smaller ship. when you're at the bar the next day, you're at the pool, everybody's talking about it because you know did you see the juggler? Of course I saw the juggler. What else was I going to do? Chances are. Everybody saw it on a big ship. There are likely eight different things going on at that exact same time. So the same percentage of people on that ship that saw it on the small ship is nowhere near the percentage of guests on the ship that saw it in a big, you know, on a big ship. This you know, while the main show was going on, there was also dueling pianos, there was improv comedy, there was murder mystery dinner, there was a movie on the Lido deck, uh, there was a seventies funk party in the main atrium. Uh, The main show is not must see entertainment. Now it's usually filled because yeah, it's a thousand seat arena or whatever else, but there's still four thousand more people or give or take on the ship that have no idea. So you know, you 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 have the options. But there's so many options and you got to decide, is that for you or not? Um, The good points to having all those options is that there's something for everybody. Your big group can split up uh, so that those who have different tastes can all be accommodated. The bad point is that often you are forced to decide. You might leave the ship feeling like you missed something because you simply couldn't get to everything. Either way, I'm not going to change my philosophy on not planning. I still am not going to plan you know, and, and lock myself into times. Uh, if there's something you really want to attend, you, you can take part of it, in it. You can get there. You just probably, if you don't sign up early, you probably just have to show up maybe a half hour before it starts, but you still can do it. I will always maintain the less planning you can do, the better. And you don't want to be that jerk off that, you know, plans and loads up your calendar and shows up to nothing. But on the other end, it is because of those people that you can still experience those shows because they didn't show up and they the box office doesn't know they're not going to show up until you know the show starts and that opens up the opportunity for you to be able to go and decide to see it on a whim. Um, that's about it. Other differences between large ships and smaller ships. The smaller ships are not as cookie cutter and I've said this before on the show when I've kind of taken a couple of cruises on very, very small ships. I liked the fact that it was, it was done with a little bit more personality. They always say that about cars too, right? Nowadays, the biggest complaint about car aficionados is that all these cars look the same. And they kind of have the same kind of... Uh, fiberglass kind of body, you know, the Taurus looks like the I'm not a car guy, but I can't start reeling off names of cars. But they kinda have a similar look. But back in, you know, the fifties and the sixties, cars really had their own character. Ships used to have their own character. They still do have their own character, but there were some things where it wasn't necessarily at the forefront of every cruise designer to make sure that you make a calculated dollar amount of every square foot at this point at this point, they know that they have it down the hallway cannot be wider than this because the room cannot be wider than this because we need to build to put as many rooms in there so we could fit as many people on these ships and it just becomes a little bit of a you know you could tell it was designed to make money around every corner, whereas on some of the older ships, it would be a little bit more creatively designed a little bit more with artistic. Uh, feels in mind and more pleasurable places to kind of, um, I guess, I guess, roam like they, like they, there's more like, a, how, how could I say it? On one old ship I went on, there was a giant area that you could tell they didn't really know what they were doing with it, but they would do throw concerts. They had it just it was a little bit more like Sherry was on last week and she said, uh, you know, one of the things that she didn't like about cruising is that, you know, the pools are a little small. Well, she's 100 percent right. But why don't they have the pools big? Because they've calculated that that pool is the exact right amount of size for us to be able to make the most money that we possibly can on this ship. And that you see a lot with the newer ships. And on the older ships, there's, uh, for lack of a better term, flaws in the design that end up being more advantageous to the cruiser. Uh the big ships are where the money is. So uh, uh, differences. So we're talking differences. Just quick, quickly going through a couple. Um, the big ships are where the money is. So uh, starting at the cruise director, the more talented staff is going to be on the bigger ships. You know what I'm saying? You know if they have a really, really good band or a really kind of um, very talented cruise director. Even the service staff—they're gonna put their best people on the bigger ships, so you will get a better experience. Typically, you know what I'm saying. It's not always the case, but you will get the the good staff members because you know. Just think, it makes sense, right? Your Carnival uh, Horizon—you're just about to, you know, release or MSC Seaside—you're just about to set sail, and you wanna come. you You wanna create a bang. You wanna come out swinging you want the reviews to be good you want to see the cruise critic uh fives across the board you want everybody to like it because that's what's going to increase your 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 bookings you're not going to put your average people on those cruise ships right you're not going to put a you know 25 year burnt out journeyman cruise director on there and people getting off the ship saying eh it was okay no you're going to put your rock stars on the newer ship so an advantage to cruising on a bigger ship is that you know you're probably going to get the better staff. Uh, The smaller ships are often a funner party. I'll say that. They are cheaper. They're shorter and oftentimes younger. So you're not dealing with a lot of refined people who have extra money, who uh, are a little bit more laid back and reserved. They have a more reserved idea of what entertainment is. On the smaller ship, you have the savages, you know, the people like us who like to hit it hard and get after it at night, bar crawl until two, three in the morning. uh, With the smaller Cheaper cruises, there's more of that element. Again, depending upon your preference, whatever you like. Uh, The larger ships often have better food. I was worried, as I often am, about Norwegian's main dining room on the last cruise I was on. Uh, It usually sucks. The Norwegian main dining room food usually sucks, and that's uh, not necessarily a secret. Um, It's kind of their way of maybe either just sucking, but also uh, their way of forcing you to pay to go to the specialty restaurants. I was wondering, though, on this one, uh, the Escape is their number one ship, the number one ship they had out there at the time of my sailing. um, How could they put out bad food? You know what I'm saying? Again, with the whole idea of the entertainment and the staff and the service, same thing with the food. And I was right. They didn't. The food in the main dining room was really, really good because they just can't afford to have the bad reviews on their flagship. Um, If you get the right staff member, you can probably get more perks and special attention, though, on a smaller ship. It's, you know, like the local mom and pop bar uh, versus the chain restaurant like your TJ TGI Fridays or the Applebee's. I mean, good luck getting a stiff pour on one of those places since, you know, there's an eye in the sky. it's always watching. The smaller ship is like the, you know, it's like the corner bar where you can, you know, maybe the bartender will top you off a little bit more on the vodka soda to the point where he makes it count since, you know, likely, I don't know, probably doesn't have a boss looking over his shoulder every two seconds. Uh, large ships are way better for those who are sensitive to motion sickness as well. And uh, that's about it, guys. I want to know your opinions. I think this, like I said, this topic is going to generate some emails because... I know certain people hate the large ships and like I said uh, based on my discussion and the the inspiration behind this episode certain people think there's no use for smaller ships. They they why would you sail on the enchantment of the seas when a cruise ship like the Carnival Vista is out there? So I do want to know your opinions. Maybe we'll do a follow-up. We'll read some of the reasons over the air on the air if I didn't touch on them. What are the, some of the, what 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 do you prefer? small ship or large ship and what are the some of the what are some of the reasons why um, get at me all right that's about it for that main topic uh, what I'm gonna do now like I said before is we're gonna talk about some Christmas music we can't do a Christmas episode without getting into some Christmas music and this may or some most of these have nothing to do with cruising or the Caribbean, but. It is December 23rd, and I just wanted to put out a little bit of uh, a—I want to get a little festive. So I'm going to play some of my favorite Christmas songs. And again, Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Come at me with some of your favorite Christmas songs. But here we go. Let's get started. I don't know if you guys have heard me say this before, but um, Eric Church is one of my favorite musical performers that there is. And he talks about in the introduction when he does his live show uh, to the song Springsteen. He introdu- introduces it by saying, music is about connecting a melody with a memory. And uh, when you can do that, you know, you'll always have this song. A certain song will remind you of a certain place you were at a certain time. And uh, we'll always move on in life and we'll always do different things in life. But, you know, when we listen to a certain song that reminds us of a certain place we were or a thing we did or a person we were with... That song can have the ability to make that moment last a lifetime in the form of a memory. And uh, these next couple of songs are exactly what I'm talking about, or what Eric Church is talking about when he says that when it comes to Christmas. So uh, let's get started. We're going to play a couple of songs for you, and these are just my personal favorite Christmas songs. This one is All Alone on Christmas, and it's from the Home Alone soundtrack. I don't know what it is about this song, it's just kind of like, like, you know, it's a happy song, and it's just telling you, grab some friends, grab your family, nobody's supposed to be alone on Christmas, enjoy yourself make it happen. said that is all alone on christmas nobody ought to be alone on christmas this next one is the only one that's really cruise related and it's uh, got a really cool vibe to it really cool feel to it we all love to be in the caribbean in the tropics but this is sort of celebrating christmas but there's a hint in this song in that he does miss the people up north that is away from
2: Got some missile
1: Kenny Chesney
2: Hung from the bow of the boat Stockings are filled with sunshine rays It's Christmas in blue chair bay There's lights up in every pond My soul like the sea is calm Tonight we're going to the boat parade It's Christmas in blue chair bay Everybody raise a glass with me right now To all of those up in the snow From all of us down south Tis the season for
1: believing In faith and family You get that, guys? You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit of a melancholy if song, a little melancholy beat. Me, He loves being where he is, but he does, during this one time of year, kind of wish his friends and family were with him in the tropics, or maybe he said he was up north, who
2: knows, but
1: he's in the Caribbean, so we're not going to feel too sorry for him,
2: right? Oh, ho, ho. Shake up the happiness
1: Alright, this next one There's not a whole lot Wake of meaning behind happiness. it I just kind of like it Feel Good Song by Train
2: It's Christmas time
1: There's a story up Christmas that
2: I was told And I wanna tell the world Before I get too old And don't remember it So let's December it And reassemble it Oh yeah Once upon a time in a town like this A little girl made a great big way fill the world full of happiness And be on Santa's magic list Shake it up, shake up the happiness Wake it up, wake up the happiness Come on, yo, it's Christmas time Shake it up, shake up the happiness Wake it
1: up Alright, this next one. A little personal, just because of the geography. Uh, I'm into Matchbox 20. I like Rob Thomas, but more importantly, it was more like the New York feel, the big tree, which has sort of been a home for me for a long time. Rob Thomas, a New York Christmas.
0: Bring your compassion, your understanding,
2: Lord, how we need it. On this New York City Christmas. Yeah, I'm sending you.
1: All right, this next one we're talking about mostly contemporary Christmas music right now, but this one is a little bit of an oldie. Honestly, I probably still believed in Santa Claus when this one came out from Bruce Springsteen. Santa Claus is coming to town.
0: Oh, Christmas time! You guys all, you guys all been good and practicing real hard, yeah? Clients, you've been, you've been rehearsing real hard. Santa bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good? The what?
1: That was a truck in the background, oh, well, not Santa's mini, sleigh mini by the way. Guys
0: in trouble out Hey, yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town.
1: This one is a classic. Come on, notice I left. I'm sorry, I left off. All I want for Christmas is you and "In Sync." Those are great songs, but come on, you guys know about those already. We can leave those off the list. Alright, when you talk about connecting melodies and memories, this next one, when I knew it, I knew it was Christmas, it was officially Christmas time of year when this next song came on, whether I heard it on the radio, in a department store, this was the official kickoff to Christmas for me. Christmas
2: time. there's no need to be afraid, at Christmas time, we let it lie. And we finally share and in our world of plenty we can
0: spread a smile of joy throw your arms
2: around the world at Christmas time but say a
1: Enjoyed that. Like I said, if you guys agree with them, listen. I, I'm hoping I don't get a bunch of people trashing my list. This is personal preference. If you guys uh, have suggestions, something you think I missed, some of your favorite contemporary Christmas music, definitely hit me up. As always, Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. All right, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna get into your emails for the week. Let's get it started. Tommy, recently found your podcast and have just made my way through all of your episodes. Really, really enjoy your unique style. You related a luggage packing experience that I believe defines your podcast appeal. You observed that you saw a douchey guy... At embarkation, with his roll-on suitcase and carrying his shirts and suits in a dry cleaning bag over his shoulder, after torching this guy and later reflecting on the idea you were carrying, you were carrying your dry cleaning bag on your next cruise. I still laugh when I think of it. You provide unfiltered observations with self-deprecating humor and are not afraid of not afraid to poke fun at yourself. The wife and I took our first cruise on Celebrity Equinox to the Caribbean last year and are going on Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas in the future out of Miami. We will be going down a day early. Any recommendations for a hotel and a nice place for dinner near the port? Um, thanks, Dennis. So that's Dennis. Dennis, thank you so much. Welcome aboard. We love new listeners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the idea. I make fun of myself for one reason, because, um, I'm very, very make funnable. <laughs> so, I mean, if I was sitting here as, uh, you know, a smooth, uh, silk, charming, voiced, uh, seasoned anchor who did no wrong, uh, I may not make fun of myself. Maybe I'd take myself a little bit more seriously, but since we all know I am an amateur doing this for fun for the most part at this point, uh, you know, I'm not going to not make fun of myself because, uh, listen, I am, An easy target. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that situation, it wasn't even a luggage bag. That was the funny part. The fact that I thought he was so douchey was the fact that he didn't have a luggage bag. He just had his dry cleaning literally as he was picking it up from the dry cleaners, just in the dry cleaning bag, holding the hanger over his shoulder. And yes, I'm like... Can you imagine the level of douchebaggery that this guy is where he just like, I mean, the the Jersey Shore level mentality of just not being able to wrinkle your clothes to where you're going to carry your hanging, hangered up laundry, dry cleaning onto the ship. And yes, I was like, you know what? The suitcase got a little tight. I knew I had a few more shirts that I wanted to eat, maybe a formal night. Hey, maybe a great way not to wrinkle it is to carry it on. And, yes, I was doing that exact thing myself, Uh, calling the the pot, calling the kettle black, as they say. And, yes, that was embarrassing. Um, Okay, so you had a question. Uh, Hotels near port. Uh, Yeah, the Holiday Inn is a very nice hotel. I mean, it's the Holiday Inn. I get it. And, again, let's, let's keep it in perspective. It's not, you know. It's not, the, it's not the Crown Plaza. It's not, uh, you know, it's not the Four Seasons, but it's the Holiday Inn. But it is probably the most uh, – when you want to combine the uh, quality of the hotel with the proximity to the port, the Holiday Inn uh, right across from the cruise port, the cruise terminal, is very, very serviceable. If you want to stay on South Beach – There's a slew of hotels, and again, you know, the Art Deco scene on South Beach, uh, on Ocean Drive. There's plenty of hotels if you want to be a little bit more area where it's a little bit more more where the scene is going on, the restaurants, bars, nightlife, and stuff like that. Those hotels are pretty much uh, a dime a dozen. It's a lot like uh, you're not going to get the luxurious amenities that you will in a lot of hotels. They're more like boutique style, smaller, uh, very, very clean, very, very neat. Uh, But again, you're not dealing with like these... Beautiful, giant lobbies and tons of amenities and bars and restaurants in the club as much as you would be if you're dealing with a lot of uh, the Marriott's, the Hilton's, the Four Seasons, the... uh you know, a lot a lot of those, the W, those types of places. Um, but, again, I would say if you're not necessarily looking to spend a ton of money and you want a nice hotel that's right by the port, go with that Holiday Inn that's right there. It's the Holiday Inn something, I'm not sure, but you'll locate it, Google map it, and you'll see the closest Holiday Inn to the cruise port. That's the way I would go. Uh, thanks again, Dennis, for the email, and welcome aboard. Hopefully you continue to listen, and, uh, you know, feel free to uh, spread the word. Moving on. Hi Tommy, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months, trying to listen to all of them, beginning with episode zero zero zero. I was listening to a recent episode and you mentioned the price analysis spreadsheet. May I have a copy? Keep up the good work. You're addictive. I listen to ABB, Cruise Radio, and the RCL Blog Podcast. Thank you for all your podcasts. I have about 20 more to go before I would have listened to all of them. Uh, Cheers, Joe. Joe, thanks so much. That means the world to me. I really, really appreciate that you went back and listened to episode zero. Episode zero, guys, if you haven't heard it, it's kind of like, you know, again, uh, not that I'm anything more than an amateur now, but I like to think that Whatever it is from a sound quality from uh you know just the content from a comfortability level, I do get better each week. hopefully that's the idea you guys be the judge of that, but if you do listen to episode zero, it kind of gives you the whole um history of why I wanted to start this and my whole history of cruising and things like that so if you're so inclined, definitely check it out episode zero and listen to all the back back episodes uh, as Joe has if again if you're so inclined um yes, I do have to get you out that price analysis spreadsheet i did i found myself this was totally self-serving i did it for myself uh, because of the fact that i was trying to pick a cruise and so often when you're trying to pick cruises you lose that all right well this one's good because it's out of this port this one's good because it goes to these places this one's good because of this price this one's good for um what other reasons are there because the beverage package is included on norwegian and it's not on this one so I created a spreadsheet, uh, uh Excel spreadsheet, and uh anybody who wants it let me know, uh email me here or email me at alwaysbebooked@gmail.com. At I did that put it on gmail.com it was when I announced it because I wanted to be able to separate the ones that I want to read on the air versus the ones that uh I just was just requesting the spreadsheet. But yes, honestly, I found the spreadsheet to be very very helpful. I'm not clearly not charging you for it, you know. Just, uh, you know, favor, just a favor. Remember, you know, remember <laughs> the godfather. Like one day I may ask a favor of you. No, not at all. But, uh, yeah, if you want it, let me know. Uh, Joe, I will get it out to you as soon as possible. In the next couple of days, a few other people asked for it too. Um, and, uh, yeah, let me know if it's helpful when you, when you get it. Alright, moving on. We traveled on Freedom of the Seas two years ago to the Virgin Islands. I think you will be happy with the choice you made. Still, this is not my favorite ship. I know it might sound crazy, but the enchantment of the seas is always in my heart. Freedom was very laid back when we went. We really didn't find a lot of activities like we do on enchantment. Maybe because it was a seven day instead of a four. We took advantage of the pool, deck movies in the evening Uh, some may think that's a crazy choice because you can do that at home however we really enjoyed the movies being shown on the pool deck the breeze from the sea there's just something about it that makes it so much better than a movie theater we also spent a lot of time in our cabin on that trip it was just very relaxing Uh, where before on other cruises we were always looking for the next time frame for a game a show or anything else Uh, we just never wanted to miss this ship does have the characters wandering around and of course as all the ships are she is beautiful. Go find the helipad. That's a great view and you shouldn't find a lot of people out there. It's kind of hard to find, so you may have to ask how to get there. Can't wait to hear about Labadee. That is where we are going to in April. It sounds like you know It sounds like you know if there is a wait line for the zip line. I may have missed that info as I'm writing to you and listening to the podcast. If so, I will have to either put other travelers in my group on a diet or find another activity for them to do. But myself, I will be on that zip. It looks amazing. I'm forcing my daughter onto it, too. (laughs) Ha ha. Thanks, Tommy. I always look forward to seeing new podcasts from you. And that is from Tracy. Tracy, what's up? Tracy's a... uh regular listener and a communicator and interactor with the podcast so thank you for that Tracy uh, Tracy is referring to the fact that I was uh, laboring over the decision to sail on which cruise using the cruise uh, the cruise planner that I created I came up with freedom of the seas also the fact that I did have a casino discount that helped out a lot Uh What else did you cover here? Oh, yeah. So as far as the the activities that you did on the enchantment versus relaxing on the freedom, that's what I talk about all the time, Tracy. I say don't ever go into the cruise with an expectation or feel free to have the expectation, but also – be fluid. Understand that every cruise is going to be different, and there really is no rhyme or reason to what to expect on that cruise because you don't know what you're going to do. I do like the movies on the pool deck as well. I don't know what it is about it, but you really do feel comfortable out there. You're watching a movie and you kind of get lost in the movie. Believe it or not, we try to go, you know, we're drinking a lot and we're doing a lot of partying on these cruise ships, but, you know, more than once I found myself just shutting it down, getting some popcorn, and laying under the stars and watching, uh, watching some movies, one night we did a double feature, it was the uh, New Jurassic Park movie, and then that trip to Mars movie, where um, Matt Damon is trapped on Mars, or whatever it was, and it was a little weird, being on the cruise ship, watching those two, we were kind of, you know, you got dinosaurs, you got space, and then while you're watching that, you're in the middle of the ocean, and there's about, you know, (laughs) 15,000 feet below you, of just absolute nothing, and nothing between you and the stars, so it was just kind of, Kind of crazy. Um, what else did you have here? Um, okay, so you said uh, Labadee, definitely. Uh, yes, I think there is a, I think the limit is like 250. I'm not sure. If anybody knows, uh, I will have to work to get under that. But I definitely want to do it as well. You should absolutely do it. It looks like it's a breathtaking experience. I am not a, one of those guys that you're going to see uh, getting in a plane, let alone jumping out of a plane. So for me, that is will be kind of like a real big deal. I'm really glad that Hannah forced me to do that zip line in Roatan, Rotan? Rotan? in Honduras, because it gave me a little bit of a sneak preview and, uh, taking that big, huge, long, uh, what do they call it? The dragon's breath zip line won't necessarily be as intimidating to me because I had a little bit of a training session and, uh, that's about it. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for the email. Keep them coming. And I'm glad you're listening. Um, uh, Moving on. Recently, I just got off the Holland America Koningsdam, a beautiful ship, which I recommend strongly. We were on there with my daughter and her boyfriend in February. We were on the exact same cruise with folks my age, mid-60s. They were completely different cruises. There are so many things to do on the ship. We did very, very different activities based on our cruising companions. Both were fun, but very different. Tommy. You seem to be with a hard partying crowd, and you seem to enjoy it. I wonder what would happen if you would sail with some other types of folks. For example, we get in the water for for almost every port and snorkel. Half the beauty of the cruise is what is underwater. We get back on the ship very, very tired. No heavy drinking and late nights for us. Since we need to do the same thing the next day, what a life. What do folks think? Do your cruise companions really matter? What do... What a life. What do folks think? Do your cruise companions really matter? Um, yes, of course your cruise companions really matter. Uh, ideally, they're going to be uh, somebody you like. But, yeah, like I said, I'm a single guy, so uh, I have many, many different types of cruises. Sometimes I cruise with my buddies, and, you know, we go on a hunt for pockets, but uh, Sometimes I cruise with uh, a female friend that I may be uh, hanging out with at the time. Um, and sometimes we go with a combination of both. I've never cruised solo. And uh, I think it's cool. It sounds like you have a real, real appreciation for snorkeling and being under, the, being in the water. I do that all the time. I go snorkeling. My favorite snorkeling is a tie between uh, Grand Bahama. We, uh I mean, I don't know what it was about that reef. It was just, I mean, a kaleidoscope of fish, and I've done a bunch of snorkeling trips, and that was just amazing, and then the other favorite one I had was the shelf in Grand Turk where you're swimming in what is basically 12 feet of water. You swim out a little bit more, and it shoots right down to a 7,000-foot drop, and you kind of can look over the whole thing, but... I love it all. Sounds like, you know, you you really, really wear yourself out during the day and uh, you get after it. And uh, I like to think I'm a little bit of a balance. Yes, I am having a couple of drinks or or more uh, on most days than I am at sea. But uh, I do like to think that a good five to eight hours during the day is good, clean, adventurous, fun as well, especially when we're in port. So again, I I salute the way you like to cruise, I think it's phenomenal, I think, you know, like you said, two completely different cruises, that's what it's all about, and, uh, you know, I don't try to predict them, sometimes they're gonna be, uh, booze fest parties, and sometimes they're gonna be a real learning experience, and adventures, and, uh, you know, conquering fears, and learning about new cultures, you just never know, and that is why we cruise, and that is the beauty of cruising, and, uh, appropriately that's about it for today i want to thank you guys for listening as always i can't wish you guys happy holidays merry christmas enough uh i really really hope everybody has a healthy happy uh and safe christmas um definitely will hear from me before the new year so we'll touch on that in a few weeks and uh travel safe you know Watch that road rage. Don't go too crazy. I hope you guys uh, do well. I hope Santa's good to everybody. And uh, that's about it. Thanks again, guys. Don't forget, Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Email me questions, comments, corrections, concerns. Join the freaking Facebook group, guys. The Cruiser's Lounge. The Always Be Booked Cruiser's Lounge on Facebook and Instagram. Always Be Booked. Thanks again, guys. We will talk to you soon. Merry Christmas.
0: It was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And I'm sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turn my face away undreamed about you got on a lucky one came in, into one I've got a feeling the you And all our trains They got cars big as bars, they got rivers of gold But the wind goes right through you, it's no place for the old When you first took my hand on a cold Christmas Eve You promised me Broadway Queen of New York City. When, when the band, band finished playing, playing they huddled up for more. Sinatra t- was swinging for the drums t- 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 we were t- singing. We t- kissed t- on t- the corner, t- then danced t- through t- the night. The boys of the